Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. '96, my next guest dropped his debut album, Soul on Ice, which not only deemed him as a classic, the album wasn't deemed as a classic, but it displayed uh, the versatility of the West Coast artists and what West Coast had at the art form. Uh, he's set to release Soul on Ice 2. He's Razkaz, and I want to welcome him to the library tonight. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This is my truly pleasure. an honor. My pleasure. So you're, you know, you're from Carson, California. Yeah. Um, Asterix. Asterix. So what, and you know, what's interesting is that you talk to new artists today, you ask them what they're listening to, which most likely hip-hop. Uh, but you grew up at a time where hip-hop wasn't playing on the radio, rap was, you know, rap wasn't predominantly what you heard True. all the time. True. Um, and you listen to your music and there's, uh, there's definitely other influences in there that are yeah. not right. So what were you listening to growing up? I didn't. So, um, my dad is, if you listen to my music, I, I, I have tales or like I tell on myself cause I'm only kind of just philosophizing about my journey. So my father was a Marine and a police officer. He was not a musical person. And my mother is a Creole. So me and my sisters are first generation Californians. My mother's from Louisiana. My daddy's from Arkansas. My dad is one of like nine brothers. Damn, wow. And he's kind of like, I don't think my dad's the oldest, but he's the namesake. So mm -hmm. his father was John Austin and his father's father was John Austin. Oh, wow. And I'm John Austin. Um, but he had nine and he's somewhere towards the upper part, but still a middle kid. I don't know why he got the name. So he was just always very rigid in his journey. So he wasn't a musical person, wasn't interested. My mom is very Catholic. So our, like um, my mom listened to more opera than anything. Mm. So we didn't have like a soulful family. I didn't come from music. Um, my recollections of music are... Being in the car, um, my dad used to smoke like a like a Popeye pipe, like a cop pipe. Right. Um, and every once in a while, maybe my you know my my sisters would because I have three older sisters, and they would say play the radio, and then I'd hear like uh, Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston, um, 
Luther Vandross or something no, like that, see. something like. And so, uh, you know, with no disrespect, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, um, all that stuff. So I remember liking, I liked like Michael Jackson, I liked Culture Club, Boy George, all that stuff. Um, but it, it wasn't like a soundtrack to my story. I, yeah. I, I liked it from afar. And all the singing, singing stuff, I appreciated it, especially the Mariah Carey's and Whitney Houston's because they hit these notes and these octaves that are amazing. Right, yeah. But the stories were just not stories I cared about. Like, it was always like, I love you and why did you hurt me and all that. Yeah. So music didn't resonate for me until uh, maybe I was 13. Um, and I just would – it was it – was, it was like white noise in the background of me growing up in the streets of L.A. Like, that's where I remember hearing music that I kind of was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But it didn't resonate until it resonated. Like, I didn't get it till I got it. And then I went backwards. So um, my favorite group is still Duran Duran. That I have no reason why it spoke to me, but they're dope. Big Duran <laughs> Duran fan. Right. Didn't even realize Save a Prayer was, you know about a dude picking up a dude outside of a club. One of the greatest songs ever written vibe wise. Like I've always, you know, I just that vibe, but yeah, um, I got into hip hop retroactively. Mm. Like I heard probably when I heard it, I heard it all. It was like, I probably heard, you know, my philosophy and then like EPMD, uh, you got to chill and, LL Cool J, like all at one time, I was like, this is dope. This is dope. This is dope. We probably said fresh back then. I was like, yeah, fresh, that's yeah. fresh. That's fresh. That's fresh. And then I went crazy. And then I went backwards. And then I just started listening to all these things that I vaguely remembered hearing and under and wanting to understand what I was liking. Like I've always been, uh, I've always been that kind of person. If I like something, then I go backwards and I try to figure out why. Why do I like it? Right. So I'll literally analyze every part of it. I'll play a song like a hundred times to understand what I like about it. So yeah, but my fan deconstructs things. So I went backwards and deconstructed hip hop. And then through being a fan of hip hop, I learned about rock and roll and jazz because I didn't come from a musical family. So then when did you start, when did you take the, the, the hip hop route? I mean, instead of, you know, for example, instead of the, the rock route or the, you know, um, I, I really did not take a route. I'm just, this, the my, my, the irony of my life is I'm not a. I mean, I'm definitely a hip hop kid. It changed my journey. It changed my life. It changed my perspective. Um, but I didn't really take a route. Like I said on, in um, my last project, Intellectual Property. Like I didn't really choose this life. It tells me. I'm sorry. I'm gonna turn this ringer off. No, it's okay. So, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> okay, I told you. Not pre-recorded. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, that was J57. So shameless plug, JMO gang. We're shooting a a, a video. Um, he's from Long Island and Brooklyn. So you want to hear the irony of life? Um, two Italians and a Creole, dark-skinned Creole boy decided we uh, were JMO gang, <laughs> which is really Jameson. <laughs> but we bonded through Jameson, and that's our group. So we're shooting a video with uh, DJ Premier and uh, and Slug oh, nice. tomorrow. Yeah. All right, done. Okay. In, in Long Island? or in- No, no, we're shooting in Brooklyn oh, nice. uh, at Sweet Science, uh, a friend of ours, dope restaurant in uh, Williamsburg. That's dope. Um, 
Actually, let's start. What in this day and age? Let's talk about videos. What is the importance of the video? I mean, well, first, when you started out, what was the importance of the video? But then, in this day and age, what's the importance of the well, video? I, I think. Uh, but this is the crazier thing. Back then, the video was like the cherry on top. Now it's a given. Like people don't. People are audio and visual. Like they don't listen to songs unless it is attached to this thing, which is really sucky to me because they're two different art forms. You know, like when Keith Murray walked on those Lexuses and Benzes, my my brain went, Pow. <laughs> that was crazy. Right. I was just doing the math. Like every dent you put is probably <laughs> four thousand or three. I was just like, wow, that's. But it was so gangster. It was so dope. It was fly. It was dope. As opposed to now, everything is clickbait and people do things um, like the videos drive the records, the visuals. And then people's, they don't care. Like like the the days of like Busta Rhymes making a million dollar video, (coughs) excuse me, they're over because you could, you'll spend a million dollars on a video and people won't care in four days. Right. And that's just crazy to me that we don't appreciate art. Right. Like we don't like there's an art in making when that producer gives you something and you write this thing and, and then the engineer mixes it and then somebody creates this artwork. Like every single one had to be really amazing Right. Every execution for you to get this tangible product, let alone a video. The video was the plus. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And so it's a little disappointing. Um, nowadays, it's content. Content is king. It's not uh, art is king. It's just give me stuff. Let me see stuff. Show me stuff. And I want to see more stuff. And then I'll decide if I like it. But everybody's showing me stuff. So why should I care about your stuff? Uh-huh. And so not necessarily is is it about uh, the quality. It's more about the quantity now, right. which is bugged out. Yeah, I have a DJ friend who talks about, you know, he does something. He, he's like, he does, a, I think, incredible mixes. And I'm like, oh, how are you getting your hits for that? He goes, no, nah, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should have a friend like push me down the stairs while I'm doing it, and then I'm gonna get clickbait right there. I'll be, you know, it's I'll, be, I'll be good. It's, it's be really, good. it's. I mean, you know, I've always said we all have to evolve or die. We yeah. have, you know, we have no choice. Um, but some things just are better than others. You know, I'm, I'm not the guy saying like, yeah, carrier pigeons are better than cell phones. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I, I get it, man. Like, I'm not trying to fight. Right, right. Evolution. Get a MacBook Classic. Get a Classic. Get a Mac Classic. That's all we need. But it's just really bugged out, like, where quantity is beating quality. And I just, you know, it's the McDonald's theory. Like, I remember being a kid that was like, I want McDonald's. You know, and now I'm like, and my mom be like, you know, the, the Eddie Murphy did the joke. And I remember I could not relate. I'm like, I like McDonald's, bro. <laughs> when he went on Raw, and I remember being that kid saying, McDonald's is awesome, and I don't want my mom's burgers. I don't want no onions in my burger. Now I just really want a healthy burger. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it'd be great. <laughs> and, and true, and I, I have like I have, I have two kids now, you know, four and a six year old, and right. hit their friends get McDonald's, and my wife and I are like, no, we don't like. But that was every Thursday with my grandma, McDonald's, and, right? You know, because like, you know, maybe that, and it was, but it was at, at least it was a better McDonald's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to watch the burger shrink. Yes, yeah, that's funny. And then the irony of life was like, 
how much, um, what do they call it? Uh, how much filling, like legally, they, like what kind of country do we live in where they're like, you can have this much sand and plastic in it and meat. It's, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It passes the FDA approval. Oh, so you're but that okay. means nothing to no, me. I know. I just yeah. Like, no, don't just... feed me plastic. And ironically, you can go to like um, Germany, anywhere else. They don't different standards. They're like, nah, you're not gonna do that to our citizens. <laughs> so you go to Germany and get a burger, and it's like like a McDonald's burger, and it's really a cow. Right. <laughs> you can taste it, man. I'm like. How come my country doesn't like us? Like, my country just doesn't like us. Like, why do you give us plastic? I lie to you not. Um, what we don't eat is, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, like, diss any company. Hopefully you will sponsor us. But KFC. So, in general, we don't eat KFC. Uh, it's just what we know about. And this one time we had nothing to eat, and we had eaten kebabs every night. You know, that's the only thing. We were in Europe. It was, like, four of us. I'm like, bro, I don't want to kebab again because that's the only thing that's open at like 2 a.m. after we do a show or 3 a.m. it'd be the kebab spots um there was a kfc everybody's like hey, bro i don't want to die this <laughs> and then we went and ordered it real chicken with that special sauce it's amazing <laughs> we just had never had everybody chicken, like we yeah. sat there and ate it it was like this tastes like chicken, man. This is different. Like this is amazing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does that? I mean that that stuff that traveling the world and everything. Um, I mean, how does that influence you? In terms it of changes value? perspective. It, it, like my opinions have either been um, totally challenged, my perceptions have been challenged, uh, but mostly reinforced. Mm. Um, end of the day, we're just people. We're just humans, and even the constructs that we create in America aren't really the constructs in the rest of the world. And so um, so the white-black construct doesn't exist because you don't look like this paper. Right. And I don't look like this table. No. I don't look like this mic. I'm just, I'm not. It's not right. the same thing. So those are games we play and constructs we make to um, to halt, hate, hurt, control one another these right. things and and you like you know and and trust me the rest of the world has had to deal with a construct based basically from that except a crazier thing is you can go to um those same countries and um and and and, and you no know, we can go to our neighbors you can go to canada and people are you know everybody has problems i'm not saying like right. you know but trust me i Polish people are not that fond of uh, Russians. Irish people are really not that fond of British people. (laughs) So nobody's playing the white game. They're playing, I'm an Irishman. Aussies, you got to remember, that was Ireland. So not that fond of British kids. (laughs) So Aussies are, and, and then the British came after, but they cleared the jails out. And so the the founding people, you know, after the native indigenous are 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 Irish. And so those bikies, the bikers, bikies, they're not too fond of a British cunt. <laughs> so so it's just amazing when you get a different world perspective and you see the world, you know, uh 
it, it gets less uh, black and white, and it becomes like many shades of right. tan <laughs> and <Right>. beige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, back to the Irish and British. So much to the point where I, years ago I went to an Irish bar and I stupidly and my brother almost hit me. Ordered a Newcastle. And I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" You know, like that. You're like, <laughs> yeah. like Tim, which you know. And I was right. like, I was like oh, what, "My bad, <laughs> <laughs> bro." <laughs> like that, like a you know, like a national emergency or something. <laughs> Uh, I want to. I want to turn back to. I mean, yes, you know, back to uh, your your art um, because you are you're you're an, obviously an artist that pushes the boundaries uh, as much as you can. And, and back, you know, into your moment of talking about deconstructing people's lyrics, it sounds like you approach the art as you want, as if you were writing for yourself that you're going to go yeah. back and deconstruct because. A lot of stuff I don't understand what you're talking about, which is not bad, not an awful okay. thing. You know, it's just, I mean, I mean, I, there's stuff I understand, but then there's stuff that you're like, yeah, I mean, you have to look this stuff up and you have to like, you know, understand or you, or you ask you to come in studio and you explain it, explain it all to me. But, yes. um, yeah, no worries. But back to, but, so, but I want to ask you a question about, um, uh, the idea of top 10 lists. Cause obviously we had that big, <laughs> a, a big, big kerfuffle with the <laughs> Joe Budden top 10 list. And I'm not going to ask you about like whether that was right or wrong. I, d- I didn't see Joe's, but I mean, but you know, it was like someone, somebody added his name to the list and it went viral and, and it not the idea of like whether it was right or wrong, but I, I was thinking about it. And then I was listening to, um, hot game off of Van Gogh and, and you spit now who's the latest lyricist in the game today. If it's, if it's to ghetto plus hits, then I'm going to give it to Jay. If it's most units sold, got to give it to M, and I'll never move units. I'm and if there. I never move yeah. units, I'm going to live it through them. Right. So I was thinking about the, that question being like, well, how do we, like, we have so many categories that need to be talked about when we do these well, lists. Well, so this is the ironic part. Um, well, uh, full disclosure. Um, terminology hit me and I just recorded a song called fuck your top 50 list. Right. right? So obviously it spoke and affected many of us. Um, one thing I know for a fact is, and I say it in my rhyme, that's what I'm saying. Full disclosure. Um, so what I wrote was, um, I'm paraphrasing, but basically I said, uh, radio personalities play politics. They play a lot of politics. I said, um, DJs, no, radio personalities play politics. Rappers mention people they wish they were down with. And uh, there was another part to it. The point being is nobody's being honest. So the rapper, so whoever's popular and I'm the new guy, right? And I'm trying to get on, and maybe I got a bubble, and they ask me, who are you listening to? Everybody says the same names, whoever's popular at the time. So whoever's politically the person that you should say, Eminem, Jay-Z, um, Nas, because you want to be associated with those people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the rapper lies, radio personalities, those DJs, oh, I said, yeah, and they suck dick. I said, and uh, DJ, instead of breaking records, they, they, they're broken. So all they do is play shit that they're told to play. They have no fucking strength of character to say, I'm going to break a record. Right. I believe in this record. So they get paid to suck dick, and they and that's what they do. And so I said, they ride dick like a side bitch. Right. <laughs> that was the, other, the rest of the rhyme. And so in and, 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 and a, and a music that just like rock and roll and just like jazz, it was kind of the nig music. So let's let's be 
honest about what hip hop was. My dad said it was a fad; it wouldn't exist. This this music changed our lives. Right. It gave us all jobs, kids everywhere. Man, Poland hip hop is alive and well, and Canadian like it's so much hip. I'm not talking about trap dumb shit. And right. No disrespect to trap music. I'm just saying, not repetitive, corny. All those are small offsprings and subgenres, but hip hop lyrics and bars and beats and culture. This, this subculture gave us a journey, man, and, and, and there's no color to that. Right. It's just a spirit. It's a it's a vibe. It's a journey, and, and and we all bring it to the table. Beastie Boys are just as hip hop as Nas, right? Because they they're fresh. What they brought to the game is who they are, and that's what hip hop is. It's the hip hop is literally um, everything before it. Like a gumbo of fucking cultures and experiences, and so with the with those lists, um, everybody's lying because they want to be down. They don't want to offend Paul Rosenberg, or they don't want to like. And, and no disrespect, bro, but I, I, I almost almost feel like, and uh, and I'm not talking. I should have said Paul. I don't want to mention any one person. They don't they don't want to offend Def Jam, or they don't want to offend EMI. Right, like you know. Any power structure. They don't want to offend whoever runs Hot 97 at the time. So everybody makes these lists based on who who they can kind of sh- ignore. Mm. Um, there's always, and, and my East Coast guys are going to get a little perturbed with me, but I, I, I speak truth to power. I expect a 30-year-old kid from Minnesota that moved to New York to not necessarily know the impact of West Coast MCs. But then you shouldn't make a list. You don't have the right to make a list. Um, the slant always becomes neg- negating all the impact of West Coast or other people that are not from New York. So that's already totally unfair. Right. Um, let's be fair about these bars and these lyrics and we go line for line. Like, you know, everybody else has to take a, you know, I get it. New York made it, of course. Doesn't mean you own it. It's all of ours now. Right. Black people don't own hip hop. It's a culture that was given to us, was created by those people in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Um, but now it's all ours. It's what you know. It's what we bring to this table. And so, 50 MCs list. Who are you to tell? Who Who are you? First of all, why did you get to make a list? And the other the other part of that is also this. Um, I've said this for 10 years. If you think you're the best, we should do something. It's a windy day. An Irish woman, wonderful woman that saved Eminem and Razkaz and uh, uh, UGK and the locks, freed the locks. So windy day, amazing woman. Uh, she used to have something called rap, uh, rap Olympics. I propose bar Olympics. So every four years, let whoever's the hottest guys, 25 of them, and then let hip-hop decide another 25. Put us all in a room, boxed in. You get no internet. You get no homeboy. So I'll, we'll find out if you could write raps. And you live stream it. The but, world gets the vote. But written. All written or freestyle? Uh, no, written. Because right. freestyling is a different yeah, machine. A different, yeah. Can you write these rhymes? So the whole thing is let the world decide. It all goes to charity. You put 50 MCs live stream for the title. Like Olympics. Yeah. Gold, silver, bronze. 
but no homies, no internet. It'll pop up on a screen. The world votes. Five topics. You have two hours. One beat. Write your shit. Lay it out. Five top. You you can go sixteen bars. You can do twenty bars. You can do twenty four. If you got an ugly eight, however you do yours, yeah. go for it. You got about two hours. You don't want it to drag out forever. And then that's the song. I put the record out and let the world decide. But they're gonna see who can really write a rap. Right. Because now they can watch everybody's show and all this is going to charity. And then you don't get to say you're the best when you didn't write a rap. Right. See, right now we have a show. And so no disrespect to anybody. But you, I always say this. If you don't write raps, you're not a, you're not playing the same game as me. Like, um, I, you know, I, I, I made the example before of if LeBron James went out. And all of a sudden, a little Mexican guy jumped out of his shoe and did all the dunks. I don't want LeBron. I want the guy, yeah, Pedro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want that guy. So we have a lot of that. We have a lot of people with little guys jumping out their shoe. And they're like, yeah, I'm the man. I'm so dope. I'm the greatest. I'm a genius. I'm brilliant. No, you're a brand, bro. And you're not. You Don't don't act like you're on my level on, on like writing these rhymes. Like, you're not. You're good at uh, karaoke. And yeah, you may, yeah, I, I, bro, if I had like a million dollar stage set and I can, you know, jump off an airplane and land in a spaceship and then the stage goes upside down and now I'm walking upside down, that'd be amazing with Razzcast doing that. Yeah, it's a great show. Be like, yeah, the best live show ever, yeah. Yeah, of course. I don't have those resources. You do, but don't, but that's great. And I'm not mad at you, but don't say you do what I do. Right. Don't, either you Michael Phelps or you not, bro. You can't be in a, you can't have a, 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 a jet ski and say you can, <laughs> you right. can out, out Michael Phelps. Right. Prove it. Get off the jet ski and race. And so that's what we need in hip hop. We have no qualifications and what we have is a, a lot of groupism. So people start uh, qualifying based on like, he's got the hottest song. I'm like, you know, so cause you got the best club right now in a strip club. That means what you said was good. It's not true. It's also the audience, right? I mean, it's like it's the 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 age of the audience that is buying. Yeah, but buying. still, no, it has none to do with that. I disagree with that. When we pull this beat away, we didn't say who had how many cars, who's the cutest. I feel like I got some of the best spit, and I probably got a bigger dick. You want to play that game? <laughs> I mean, that has nothing to do with the price of rice in China, right? Yeah. So then don't tell me about who song played all the time. But no, that, 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 sorry, that's what I meant. I mean, right. I mean like, the, the, the amount of units sold doesn't really reflect whether exactly. you're talented or not. Right. It goes back to your point about right. uh, hot, like, radio stations not breaking records. If, like, you know, I, I, I've always said this, is like, if, the example is, if they played a, if you if you played a Rascal song, fifty, 50 times, times an hour, it's going it's to be a hit. Yeah, it's going to be a hit. It's yeah. going to be one of those things where yeah, well yeah, of course you're going to go buy the you know, right buy the album. Right, but you know it's it's that and this has been going on forever where um, someone calls up and says I want to request so and so. They hear, but it's going to be in rotation anyway, so they they think they're requesting it anyway, but right. they're they're obviously not. Well, well my thing is this. Um, I've said this many times, and I've, I've been lucky enough um, to have believed in and watched people 
succeed when people didn't know them. Um, and I won't even mention those people, but I've watched, you know, some of your biggest stars, you know, just be the homie and, and just say like, bro, I believe in you. Cause I, I have something called, I, well, this is how I say it. I can never take from you what God gave you or your parents gave you. Mm. So I could hate on it. I could try to deny it or I'd rather just support it and say, you are really good at what you do. And I respect that because that's what was given to me every time I got an opportunity was people saying, I can't take from you this talent that you have. You are dope on a mic and you're this and that, that. And so I'm blessed to have had that. And that's what I try to put out in the universe. Um, but if you don't have it, just be good at what you're, what you do. But, uh, rap has become this thing and it's not an age thing to me. It's called rap. So either you can write a rap and recite a rap or you can't. Think about it. It's called skiing. If you can't ski, you don't get to say, I want to go metal. I want to go metal and skiing. But rap is the only thing where you get awards for not being good at what you do. Good point, yeah. Rap, it's crazy to be in the only job that it's called something, and now the qualifications have nothing to do with the job. Right. You can't be a drummer. And not be able to play the drums. You can't be a banker if you keep losing money. Well, you might turn to Donald Trump and yeah, take, become president, yeah. but you know, in general, you know, it's just, this is, it's crazy that the skill set is not what's important. It's about the bells, whistles. And I know 19 year old people and I, from LA to New York, um, to Canada to Germany. Girls and guys that'll say, no, bars are bars. Mm. He's not saying anything or she's not saying anything. That was dope. That's trash. So I don't think it's an age thing. They just, I think in the past uh, 10 years, it's been intentionally reinforced that nonsense gets rewarded. Mm. And so that's what they want is for those people that were thinking about the past 10 years. If you were eight years old and all you heard was trash you'd still be the McDonald's kid. Like, all I want is McDonald's until somebody says, no, there's some good burgers you can eat. My mom cooks a really decent burger. So there are people now that are 18, 19, and they're hearing bars and they're hearing lyrics. I'm a big fan of um, battle MCs because at least they started bringing for that 18-year-old or for that 14-year-old to hear lyrics. You know, um, and it's entertaining. It's in a format for them to be entertained, but it still shows them putting linear thoughts together to set things up, punchlines to have like delivering a joke like it's a skill set. And, and I don't think, um, I don't think the industry wanted intelligent MCs. I think they wanted, um, I think they wanted what we have now. It's not even a balance. It's just a lot of, uh, tomfoolery, um, the saddest part is their demographic is 13 to 23 year old white girls yeah. and no disrespect, but I'm neither a girl nor am I 13 years old. What? You didn't know? No. You didn't man. see I was, it? I was like, sorry. I was finding pictures of you on it. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah. you know, I just don't want to yeah. cater to that. I think it's kind of pedophilic 
to to want to make little songs and have girls, little girls gyrate and you dancing like little girls. I think it's very R. Kelly-ish. Yeah, right. I don't want to make that kind of music. I want to make music that speaks to my brothers and yeah, girls and whatever. But I'm a I'm a I'm once again I'm not 13 and I'm not a girl. So I want to make music for over 21 men and say, bro, these are my perceptions. This is how I see the world. And honestly, hip hop used to be the music that was forcing the world to see the 19, the 20 year old from our perspective. Why is it now the music that caters to little girls? I think it's weird. And I think corporations did that. Um, and, and, and we're, you know, as a community, we, we have to own that. Um, we allowed, you know, we, we allowed our, our culture to be vultured just for a few people to make a lot of money. And then we all jump through the same hoops, hoping to become those people. And I don't want to be them. I don't want to be left and dead and, and destroyed, but I don't want that. I, I, I want to make, honestly, I, 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 I think there's a happy medium. I think I, w- I want to do the indie rock band. I want to do the gang star of hip hop. Like I let me. I don't ever need to sell eighty five billion records. I just want to, you know, give me my my place, show me my respect, and let me keep doing what I do. And I'd love to go gold and stay consistently gold and make an album once every five years, and you know, and do things that um, are art instead of full whore and how many ways can I, I I make you uh, dance 13 year old girl I just don't want to do it was that always I mean when you dropped in 96 mm-hmm. uh, with soul and ice was that always kind of your mentality mm-hmm. and and was there prior to 90s pr- prior to you dropping the album was there an album that you heard that was like all right this is the kind of art that I want everybody's to I'm, I'm uh, like I said as soon as I heard hip-hop like when I, it was always there, but when I heard it, just a fan, man. There's EPMD, the Gang Stars, Red Man, you know, EPMD, uh, Ghetto Boys. Uh, like I'm a fan. I'm Tropical Quest, De La Soul. Um, it's just so much good music. Like, and, and Beastie Boys. I still think Paul's Boutique is. Amazing, yeah. I think it's better than License to Ill, and I'm a big fan of License to Ill. So I'm just a fan. Like I'm a, I believe you could be a fan and be a, a, um, a competitor, also. So I'm both, man. Like I, 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 I listen to those things and I analyze them and rock him. Like they were changing my, you know, Big Daddy Kane, put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. Done. Okay, okay. Who says that? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's some, yeah. Like, and, I, I, and, I got no comeback. Yeah, and, right. and think about it. They can't even relate. Like, which is crazy right. because that's video game shit. Right. Like, and now it's uh, if anything, it's a uh, it's a card. Uh, right. Right. Chuck E. Cheese, which drives me out of my mind. But uh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah no, so, yeah, so yeah. it's just you had to be there. It had to mean something to you. You know, there's a way to reflip that line. But I'm just saying. I was a kid that I was like, oh, wow, you, wow, that's crazy. Like, like, he's the greatest. Like, you know, LL Cool J, like, so many great MCs. Um, and, and the awesome part was that everybody was very individual. And now individualism is is uh, frowned upon. Yeah. There's a Japanese saying, um, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. And I never thought hip-hop would be that thing. 
that being an individual was, was how you could lose. Like everybody has to look the same production has to sound the same. Just think about how varied in 1996, there was Wu-Tang, there was Biggie, there was Pac, there was, uh, NWA. And they all sold a lot of records. Tribe Called Quest. There was Hyrule, like all these different people, his marquee, he didn't sound anything like anybody. He was like funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all these, like we could coexist. And I always say that to people like, you know what's sad? Country Western doesn't do that. Jazz, you know, jazz artists get to be jazz artists. Like um, rock dudes, so many different forms of rock. They, they all, they all get to be themselves. How come we all have to be one person? Whoever's successful, we all have to turn into him. That's whack. Well, how did that? So, more to your point, we were talking about this off mic, but you know, we were at a time where you could play self destruction on the air, and then you could also play uh, Doo Doo Brown. You know, yeah. like like two completely opposite. But it's supposed to be. But that's that. how did how did we get to a point where corporate? corporate. But, who, but who gave them? I guess more. Who gave them that power? I would say I don't have the answer. I'm going to say that for one. My guesstimations are this. Um, even people like me, I you know, I took some L's for saying some of the things. I got Kaepernicked. Trust that right. to a certain degree. Um, there's also, my, I believe this happened. Everything's a tool. The Internet was an amazing tool um, that gave independent artists like a fair footing to compete. Um, but once BET got sold, once Bob Johnson sold it to Viacom, um, we lost the platform. You got to remember, and I wasn't even a factor, but you got to remember this. There was the box, there was BET, and then there was MTV. MTV didn't play rap. They didn't like it. They only played Prince and Michael Jackson. Those are the black guys that they played. Everything else, we're not interested. So the box was local, and then people became stars locally through the box. Then BT is when you got national, urban means black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's let's not play games here. So right. the, the, so urban the box, uh, uh, box the BT urban, and then once MTV picked it up, you were out of here. But we forced them to listen to us. Hip hop, it's just like jazz and rock and roll. They didn't like they didn't like rock and rolls, nigger music. Let's just be honest. That's what they called it until Elvis, till it was a a, right. a a white boy doing it. So same thing with jazz. So we keep getting our shit stolen because we allow them to, and then somebody reaps the benefits. One guy, usually a light skinned guy. He gets in, he gets to be cool, and it's, like, digestible, and he makes this really clean version of it. Um, so we lost once we, we 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 gave up control of BT. That was how we forced the world to hear us. And, you know, with everything everybody else is doing, billionaire MCs or whatever, we don't have any outlet. There's only two record labels. There's only one uh, venue if you're not signed to blah, 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 the agency, you're not getting no shows. And there's only two radio stations. So everything's monopolized, and we're playing a game. It's this big lie of, yeah, I'm this, you know, I'm that. No, bro. Just like Disney. They own everything. Stop playing. Right. Stop 
playing. So you piss off somebody at Disney, the right one, you're not getting no job nowhere. Right. Yeah. And so we, we it's it's a big lie about creativity. They they've already they it's owned. BT is Viacom. Period. They're not interested. And, and I, I say this in the most loving way ever. Um, sometimes I watch um, um, like uh, the the um, not the Anti Defamation League, but. Uh, Jewish TV, I, I forgot what it's called. It's, it's really, it's a channel, and I watch it. But if it's, if, if Jewish people didn't own it, I don't know. What if skin? It's just about the skinheads owning, yeah, right, yeah, Jewish TV. Yeah, yeah. Not really in their best interest. You understand what I'm saying? So why? What? That's not black entertainment. That's what some other guy thinks black should listen to. It's not in our best interest. Um, I remember BT that had. Uh, Tavis Smiley, they had Teen Summit where kids would sit and talk about politics and talk about things that affected us. Now all I see is coonery and a whole bunch of, they don't even play music. It's like MTV. I call it MTV coon. Like that's not, that's not, all they play is ass shaking records. They used to play Caribbean, jazz, rock. There were different time segments, gospel, hip hop, Southern hip hop. So, it's not a reflection of the people. And so everything's much more monopolized. We gave up BT and then we, we never created a union. So there's never a loyalty. Like actors have a union, SAG, AFTRA, um, musicians have, but hip hop artists never stuck together. So one person will sell out somebody and just run with it and like throw everybody under the bus just so they can get a lot of money. And then when that person wins, it's like, look at this. You can be this too. Right. If only you be a moron, you could have lots of cars. Right. We'll make sure you're a star. You'll get the Eminem commercial. You'll get the, you know, uh, you'll get C's candy, whatever commercial, you know, whatever. You Snickers bars, whatever, whatever this thing is. You know, you, you, you too just make, emasculate yourself and you'll get lots of endorsements. Whereas, Public Enemy and like it's dope, bro. When I watch Ari Melber, the beat, and you know, like, and and, and I watch you know, fifty year old you know government worker pulls out his MacBook on you know on the news and it got a Wu Tang yeah. flag. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm I'm as much of a fan of Ice Cube as I am of Wu Tang and Tribe Called Quest, Nas, Pac, Big L. Like everybody's fresh and we just don't have that. We don't, it, we won't, we, we haven't as a community supported um, ourselves and we keep letting somebody else write our narrative and that, you know, just you having me here helps me, um, you know, I get to tell my narrative that I, I exist too. And, you know, we're making great music um, and yeah, we should be supporting each other and, and we can all coexist. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a ass shaking record, but it is something wrong with fifty people making the same sounding ass shaking record. Right, right. That there there is something wrong with that. And then people thinking it's a different record. Like, I can't just, tell. No, I can't tell. I, I I thought I was getting old because I was like, oh, maybe I'm just getting old. But I remember I I, I tell the story, but I was at a, I was at a I was at a uh, 
like artist really I don't know what are they called like artist release party. like a release party not, not a release party but it was like listening a, a dis, dis, uh, displaying artists uh, showcase oh showcase there we go that's the word uh, and in between well one thing I don't really enjoy now is that people rap over their lyrics which drives me out of my mind because I'm like do you know your lyrics uh, and then also this uh, DJ was going and she was playing she was she was playing music very attractive uh, and then she switched beats and everyone lost their damn mind and I was like what happened? Like she switched and she's like, oh, she's changed the beat. I was like, when? <laughs> well, I guess it's the same song over and over. She just pointed up in the air. So everyone knew, I guess that she, but it was like one of those things. I was like, Hi, what's going on in the music that it's just like, everyone thinks that's different. I don't get it. I mean, I get it. <sighs> I guess. Um, it just used to be, and I'm not trying to live in the past. I don't want to be that guy, right. bitter Billy, but it's just, you know, it, it once again, man, like I can go to a rock concert and hear different stuff. Yeah, different sound. Yeah. Like like every band has a vibe. Like I just don't understand why you want like how like my biggest problem with music is if okay, say say I like like killer rap. Like you, you killed the guy, your first song. Like, killed him and then I killed him, I killed him. Like, damn, that shit was hard. And the second song, killed him. Then I killed him. I killed him. I'm like, that was good too. But like by the fourth, third or fourth, I'm like, I don't know which one I like because they you just keep killing people. Yeah. So which one should I like? What's the kill? What's the the kill bill of the kill songs? Right, I don't yeah. know because now I just feel like you're, you know, it's, you're, you're fucking the same chicken, man. Like mm. I, I, I don't get it. And so I don't understand they don't have a sophistication about what's really good. They're just trained by whatever wins. You can't tell me these songs are like smart. Like there was a comedian woman that she, she, I think she did like, Oh, she did uh UTFO, the educated rapper. So she literally rapped the verse, which was amazing. Cause I am a fan and I couldn't do that whole, uh, can't go. Right. So she did his verse and then she did like, no disrespect. She did Amigos record. It's very distinctly different. That's all I could say. It was very, it was very interesting. Like, and, and had the lyrics printed up coming underneath. I was like, well, one of these is a skill set. And one of these is, you know, it's cool. I mean, do you, but I don't know. Maybe we should, you know, maybe we should have, there are sub genres. I get it. Um, but maybe we should have something called like hip hop and, and like Canada, like Canada, actually you have to play a certain amount of Canadian artists right. on the radio. America, we should have like, you have to play a certain amount of hip hop since it gave us all jobs. You could trap, you could rump shake, you could do whatever you want to do, but there should be a certain amount allotted in the club. You have to play. I used to love to come to New York because of that. I used to go to clubs, and it was crazy. Like, I remember just being, like, 19 and 20, and I'd go to, you know, hot clubs and, you know, whatever. I'd be with OC or or Kid Capri or, you know, whatever, and Busta Rhymes would be over here and, you know, whatever in the club. And they'd go into a reggae set. <clears throat> Black girl, white girl, rock girl, whatever. Everybody knew I was, 
you felt like an asshole for not knowing these <laughs> records. Then it went to a fucking, not reggaeton, just a Latin part. Then a straight rock part. And you felt like an asshole if you didn't know them records because it was actually the DJ was taking you on a journey. It was right. a cultural journey. Then you get even to a West Coast set. You know, it was pretty stereotypical. It's going to be Snoop and Tupac and, you know, whatever. It, you know, they didn't play, like, too short a lot. But at least that. Like, we don't have music appreciation. It's just like, I'm setting my ways. Play these songs that sound the same. And that's not really, you know, I, I think um, we're losing. It's a lack of, you know, um, it's, it's a lack of culture. Um, and it's at the expense of, uh, young people. My, you know, I, I feel really happy. Um, you know, I have twin boys and they're like 22, bro. Um, but it's crazy that dummies is coming playing Tropical Quest. Like they just discovered Tropical right. Quest. Like it's fire. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like you just figured that one out, <laughs> but I'm thankful that they're finding it out. I'm like, Thank you. Like it's not like it's 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 cool to have a sophisticated ear. It's just really whack to be closed mind. Like I don't want to be the old guy that only likes that nineteen ninety six or whatever. I'm open mind. I want to hear evolution of music. I just feel like, and I understand making designing a hit record, but I do want to hear you be creative with it. If it's just you know. Jay-Z doesn't write rhymes for a reason because he's smart enough to remember things. Right. If you just sell a whole bunch of drugs and you just say stuff, I don't think that's a talent. I think that's a part of your addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let's talk about other stuff. You've know, you got bigger issues. Than right. And, and a lot of these songs, they're like love, you know, they're love ballads to, to, to yeah. their pain pills. Right. Uh, so does this, I mean, what you were just talking, what you're talking about now, I mean, that kind of from uh, I, right away thinking of your song um, "White Power" featuring uh, Immortal Technique, yeah, uh, and the kind of the bigger picture of how the white power structure breaks down, breaks us down, gender, race, uh, to, in order to keep them in power. Um, do you think if hip hop wasn't the number one genre of music, that white power structure wouldn't be trying to influence it as much as it is? It seems that it is, you know, in terms of like dumbing it down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It it it, it it's a, it was an incredible revenue stream. It costs less to create it, and even still, it's just like you got to remember the jazz artists, uh, the rock artists, the rock and roll artists were they getting robbed. The the rock and roll artists couldn't even put their faces on albums. The black ones. Couldn't. No. So, so we, we, we have to understand what white power stands for. <sighs> I'm not here to blame every white person, but yeah, in America, there's a, there's, a, there's a historic line from <laughs> once the first people got here on a boat that are not indigenous people and made a profit. And that profit has, Everybody walks in, you're born, and and, and, and I walk into debt. Like right. I was born into debt. Meanwhile, my contribution, my family's contribution, my native side, we were here, land stolen, 
um, my, uh, uh, my Moorish side, which is still my native side, then, yeah, I have French blood in me. I probably have, you know, whatever. Well, shit, we got fucking Dutch in us. I mean, shit, that's fine. Worked out well for my nose and, you know, gets me some girls and I'm happy. I'm, I'm not hating and mad at the world, but let's, let's call a spade a spade. White power has disenfranchised literally every, including white women because everything's a minority. Nobody inverts the question. If, if, if women are minorities, black, Spanish, Asian, da, da, da. what's the majority? Right. Then you look at your money and say, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> so, so it's just analytical thinking and saying, so how come you get to be the majority? Why? Why, why are you the majority? Um, in, in, in a democratic society where everybody, you know, everybody's equal and, and you know, we're, 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 that's why we're in the conundrum that we are in, in 2019 with Trump and about 38% of our country, they have an, uh, they, they have an entitlement factor. Um, that's why little guys are running around shooting everything up and they happen to be white kids. Just angry, and the funny shit is, like, you should be the least angry out of everybody. You right. can't, you, you know, not that anybody. Everything's relative. Everybody goes through their, you know, their demons and hard lives. But some people literally are born with a target on their back. Right. Um, you know, uh, just think about if if think. Yeah, I think about my family when I think about those little brown kids, like. You know, there's no reason to be that mean to somebody to take a kid and never have a plan for that kid to meet their parents again. Right. I, I mean, just think if somebody did that to your mom or, you know, for me, I'm like, Donald Trump, what if what if somebody did that to your son, man? I mean, let alone then you got to think about physical abuse. Right. You don't want to give him soap. I mean, that's evil. And, and so white power does those things and claims to have a moral high ground. And we've lived in a country that won't even admit that it's done it and continues to do it to me and my sons and my dad. And and so we're supposed to just eat shit and grin and bear it. And if we bring it up, we're bad for making white power feel uncomfortable. Right. And that's right. crazy to me. Right. And, white, and, and yeah, white men, we're at a time where white men feel like they're under attack because right. women are speaking up actually, you know, and, and, and. And people are taking Colin Kaepernick's, you know, and it, it, it is hilarious because not hilarious in a good way, right, it's hilarious right. in a way where now we say this is that the same black leaders that they praise like Dr. King, you know, every year for his birthday, if he was alive today, they would be destroying him in social media. Well, they were trying to, they destroyed him back then. Right. But, but I'm saying, like, but, now, but, but it's right. the same, you know, same idea like. Well, now that he's dead, we could kind of right. Like we well, that's the whole thing because now they control the narrative, right? You know that, and that's the problem with the power structure. Um, History is written by the winner, so of course, if if your options are Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, who do you want to promote? Doctor King, right? Yeah, beat my ass. I'll pray for you. Yeah, uh, beat me some more, and I'll pray. Another guy saying. Um, I have the right to be here. I have the right to exist. And if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Right. You know, once again, sure can't give you a gun and tell you at 18, go shoot those Arabs. Go shoot those Asian people. Go shoot people. But then here, they're like, no, you just shut up. You're 
crazy. My dad, you know, he he he, he fought in Vietnam, and then he came back and they spit on him and called him niggers. Let alone the, some of the white kids got spit on, but it was even different. Right. It's still like you're a nigger though. So until we look in the mirror, and that's we're finally having conversations that I wrote about in Nature of the Threat, where I'm watching white and black and male and female and gay and Jew and Gentile. And people are having these conversations that are totally uncomfortable, but like pundits are saying, yeah, there's a white entitlement and we have to stop. We have to look in this mirror because we didn't realize that there were about 40% of us that are just fucking blatant assholes. And and, and we keep blaming somebody. Trust me after nine 11, I know pressure's off me. Yeah. They're gonna kill all the Arabs, but you know what? If I if if I don't stand with my Arab brothers and my Jewish brothers and my gay brothers and my poor brothers and my my, my, my sisters, they're gonna get me at some point too. It's always gonna come back to me. Shit runs downhill, bro. So I'm I'm a fear. I'm like, bro, you can't be mean to the Jew. You can't be mean to the Muslim. You can't be mean to the Irish. You just be nice to people. Why don't you just be nice? Stop being a dick. Because as soon as you don't target the Mexicans, it's gonna come back to me anyway. Right. <laughs> and I don't want that. Like I, I just want we're all the human family. And if we don't get into a love space, um, and sometimes love is tough where you have to accept criticism. And so the biggest problem with white power, the structure is I was, it was amazing to watch pundits like history, you know, and just 60 year old, you know, white male and white female, like human beings talking about things that I've been talking about, which is, yeah, we got to understand the impact of not just slavery, about institutionalized racism, about what uh, the war on crime really was, what law and order meant right. when Nixon said it. That was the 60s. He was saying, you want law and order. They talk about they want to vote. Fuck them. I will beat them. We'll sick dogs on them. That wasn't law and order. That was fucking murder. Right. And so until we start being honest about what our country has done, it, uh, uh, we've allowed uh, terrorism, domestic terrorism, Ku Klux Klan, racism, hatred to always live. They've always gotten a chance, just as long as they don't rock the boat too much. Like, yeah, of course we call them nigs and we talk bad about them and chinks and we call them beaners or whatever. Yeah, we say that behind closed doors. We never say that in front of people. But even if we do, we just say, hey, well, you know, I misspoke and whatever. And, and, and so we need to call a spade a spade. We have to own the legacy of this country or it doesn't heal. And, and honestly, philosophically with white power, um, I think the worst thing that can happen for uh, America is they get the war that they asked for. Like, I think 40% dies in power structure shifts. Hmm. I think if skinheads and neo-Nazis and, you know, you don't like blacks and brown, um, I think there's more of us than those. And, and I think they're, they're, you know, I I think 51% of even, you know, white, so-called white. So whatever, my Italian brother and my French brother and my British brother and my Irish brother, 
It'll be like, fuck them cats. <laughs> they lose. We'll destroy them. If they want that war, it's a war they don't win. Because it's a war based on um, a, a false supremacy when we're all here and, and, and we're at our best when we're together, I think. Um, and so if those people want that war, I think it's going to suck for them. I think they lose. I, I, I think, I think it's the universal war. I, I think, you know, good and bad at the end of the day. There's no reason. I don't walk down the street and have a, a malice towards anybody based on what they look like. Mm. I don't. I, and I think that's a whack, a whack way to live my life to feel like I'm better because of no, like, I, what did you do to be you? Nothing except for swim really fast out your parents' dick. That's all we did. But I didn't pick. If it was up to me, I'd be fucking the king of England. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I came out, but I'd like to look just like this. It'd be a little blacky and swam out. And then, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, give me money all the time. Just fuck. I would have been in Trump. And I'd be like, Dad, you're an asshole. <laughs> I mean, whatever. But we, you know, I always say that to women. I'm like, bro, what did you do except be born? Like, who are you? So all this stuff... These things, we didn't have a choice. You know, our choices are once we're born and, and who do you want to be and what kind of, uh, carbon footprint and spiritual footprint do you want to leave on, on this planet? I hope I leave some love and some tough love and some critiques and, um, and I want to have fun. I want to make some money. I work hard and, you know, that's the, the job and that's the kind of music I'm trying to make. I want to make a, a, a footprint that, challenges people to think um has that always been the case for you yeah um i mean from day one Mm -hmm. being like this is what i'm going to my mom wanted a philosopher and so she was very disappointed in me um uh we got into it i went to prison she was not happy second time definitely not happy and she was like i thought you were gonna be a philosopher i was like you know, if you listen to the music, I'm basically yeah. the philosopher you want. So that's what it is. It's philosophical and self-analytical and and, 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 and harsh towards myself. I judge myself. I, like, as I throw my, you know, my stones, I know I'm in a glass house. So I try to talk about that stuff. I try to talk about, hey, I'm an asshole and I, I failed here. This is what I did wrong. You know, that's really solo nice, too, is that's what it's about. We take inventory 25 years um, after my first opportunity to, to tell my story and, uh, and, and, and trying to figure out what did I do right? How many things did I do wrong? You know, um, am I a better person? Have I regressed? Uh, you know, and, and, and it sucks. I had to answer some of those questions like, yeah, you fucked up. You did the same thing again, man. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get better, you know? Um, I, I, I'm just blessed enough to, you know, I may not have the hoopla of, you know, Wu-Tang, like 25 years. And have a, I wish I had a Netflix show and everything. I mean, God willing, next time. I'm going to keep on fighting. I, I think I got a good story, too. Um, but uh, for me, it, it, think about it, man. Like, Pac and Big, bro, they they they're not here. They don't get to celebrate. Nipsey, bro, like, you know, it, like... I, we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Right. So for me, if nobody celebrates me, There's my mother loves me, I will celebrate that I'm still here. I'm alive. I got a voice. Um, and, and, and I got, I'm of fairly sound mind. <laughs> so, you know, that, that thank God, you know, thank the universe. Thank the, you know, 
thank I'm I'm thankful to be able to analyze 25 years of my life. Two thirds of my life I've been doing this music stuff, and I'm just blessed to have that. A lot of people. You know, Big L don't get to do that, man. Right. You know, and, and I'm not saying this like jokingly. I'm saying it with all humility and, and and amazing human beings. And one day I won't be here, but at least I made my 25. So if nobody celebrates that, I will. Right. And you know the uh, and of course you know the music is going to live on well after your. I mean, Master A says that in his last in the in, in the Brooklyn Story Kings. Yeah. He talks about wishes we could live forever, but. We know the music's going to live on to here. I want to ask you about a, a, a track that I think is uh, it, it not just shows how you know you, you how you push the uh, lyrical envelope. You also push the kind of production envelope and uh, producing uh, mm-hmm. envelope in a way, and that's with the uh, the long way featuring Everlast uh-huh. because there's guitar, horns, everything. Uh, how did that track? come together and i mean it's it's a fucking incredible track you like that right? yeah, yeah, yay man everlast you hear that let's shoot this video bro no, <laughs> <laughs> no um so i on my first album everything really it was synergy for me and it, it was meant to be so obviously i'm a big everlast fan i'm from la you're gonna be a house of pain fan right bro. so um, but back in the day, I used to go to a club and I was like 14. Um, it was a 21 year old club. It was called Water in the Bush. And so I remember seeing Ice T and Everlast. I didn't know them. Then maybe fast forward like two or three years, I was like Razzcaz. I was becoming Razzcaz. And, um, in that process, 14 ish, our, I had an older homie that would take us to the clubs. Cause I was like a hip hop dancer. We break dance and we were just bad kids, like drinking forties and beating niggas. Like it was crazy. We were like a little rat pack, little teen brag tag team of bad kids. But hip hop saved, saved our lives. It right. changed our journey. And so, uh, um, uh, Everlast would be in the club. Ice T would be in the club. Uh, you know, uh, just legends, you know, but we're stupid kids. We're like, oh, shit, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. Um, I vaguely knew um, Divine Styler. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, saying yeah, yeah. So, Divine, because my homeboy, they, my homie that brought us out, he was part of his, uh, they danced for him. They were called Scheme Team. So, back day, Kalani Dance for Scheme Team. He's the first person that really heard me rap and believed in me. And so on Solo Nice, I pour out liquor for Kalani. He died before our, my first album came out. And he's like one of the first people that ever believed in me rhyming, period. So fast forward. So I've always known Divine. Didn't put two and two together. Um, I got, I started getting closer with, uh, Everlast about two years ago. Like always observing, you know, little brother, you know, you know, you, you salute, you know, yeah. like, you know, I'm, um, if I don't know you, I, I, you know, you, you want things to be organic. Yeah. So long story short, getting to know Everlast, we're trying to do this record. I'm like, I want you to, you know, cause I asked him to be on a uh, drink Irish with me uh, on the Apollo Brown record. And he, you know, always busy, can get to it, but it's really cool. He played me this, pay me this amazing compliment. Uh, he was out here in New York and he, um, it's about like a year and a half ago. He's like, uh, Yo, what you doing? Like you out here? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, 
Come on, dude, drink Irish. And then he does this whole presentation like, I'm really mad at myself. I fucking should have been on this fucking record. Because <laughs> instead, <laughs> it, it ended up being me, Sean Price, Sick Jackin, and Slain. And thank thank you, Slain. Slain bodied it. But initially, I did ask. Everlast. Yeah. Everlast, you know. And so he paid me this compliment. And, and, and I'll make a long story short. Um, when I went over to do this next record, I was like, yo, I really want you. Um, you know, I was like, it'll be greater later. I I want you on this thing, Solo Nights too, because you a foundation of LA hip hop, man, and you know, and you big bro, and I would love for you to do it. So we went, and we were trying to make something, but when I, when I went over to his crib, uh, to the stew, not his crib, to to, to his studio, the vines there. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. And then all this stuff, we started talking, and it was very organic. The vines like. I've known Raz since he was 14. We and Everlast like Divine is the person that taught me how to rap. I was like fucking a bro, That's like literally yeah. one degree of separation. It was just so organic. We laughing. Kalani, he's like, yeah, I remember Kalani. I was like, fuck, bro, that was the homie. That's why we used to be in a club when I was 14 with the 40 ounce bottles. So it got so organic, and we were trying to come up with the song um, that night. Um, and it just didn't happen. And I just remember I just went back um, and my homeboy sent a beat. I just, and I, I was like, this is it. And I just wrote about what we went through that night. So literally I did that. I've never written a friend re- record. So it was just dope to say like, I fuck with like, that's LA shit. Like I right. fuck with you the long way. I fuck with you. That's dope. Yeah. And like how, how his bestie, you know what I'm saying, Divine, like, my homeboy, rest in peace. Like, I didn't know I was, uh, I, I knew I was a fan of Everlast. I didn't know he was, like, brother to my brother and my right. big brother. And, and we were so connected and, and the love and appreciation, it was just real genuine. So it was awesome, bro. It was, like, a painless record. Like, I just, I had so much fun sitting with them that night. Just hanging. We were like going through beats, but like kind of drinking and smoking and just talking shit for right. like five hours. <laughs> we just had fun. We really weren't really creating. So the beats were like secondary and all yeah, that. yeah. Well, we were looking for the right beat, and then I, we had liked one beat, but neither of us recorded anything. And then I heard that beat. My my homeboy sent it randomly. I was like, "This is how I feel about the other night." So I just wrote that, sent it to him. He was like, "This is it." It's like this shit is easy, and he caked it like literally easy peasy. It's like hung out, vibed out. I found the right music, sent it to him. He deaded it like in fucking an hour. Sent it back. I'm like, and then and then texted. Then he texted. He's like, we shooting a video to this, right? I'm like, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's shooting a video. <laughs> but it would be in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a great concept for it. it um, and he, you know, he gets to be Everlast. He's like, I don't even like videos, but we're going to figure out how to do this. I'm like, awesome, bro. Yeah, man. I'm just a fan, man. It, you know, like, honestly, everything on this album, it, it, it was very genuine. And uh, that's the most I could ask for is just people that wanted to be a part of my celebration of my 25 years. And so, you know, I'm very thankful. I know I've kept here, you here long, but I have two more questions. Okay. Uh, the last track in the album, Opioid Crisis, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it addresses the BS war on drugs, and we all know that right. shit, uh, and how Big Pharma is kind of responsible for the drug addiction problem in a, the country. 
why why leave us with that track? And um, I have a yeah, go ahead. follow up. Follow up because there is a hidden ghosted. Track. Go right. So my question was that was that are these two connected in a way, or is that kind of um? And am I ruining it by saying that there's a no? That's okay. cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, opioid crisis. All right, so first album. End of my album, I get killed on Summer Nights. Uh, 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 what's the last song on Summer Nights? It's uh, no, Novus Auto Seclorum. Um, check. Uh, no, yeah. check. Uh, uh, order Through Chaos. Okay, yeah. Order Up KO. So at the end, I say it, and then I get smoked in the booth. And... So I knew I was going to have this other record because I had personal shit that I wanted to talk about that I didn't really want people to know that I talked about. Like, that's why I made it. It's called Ghosted. And it's like me kind of feeling some type of way about certain things. uh, Shit, I talk about rape. I talk about a whole bunch of shit. Um, And then I was like, I got to have fun. And, you know, it was like "Ah, a little clickbait, you know, uh, 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 what's his name? Um Joiner Lucas. I'm like, fuck. I just had other shit I wanted to get yeah. off my chest, but not like seriously, like that was my sell to my album. But there was some personal stuff in the first and second verse I needed to get done. And then third verse was more uh like, you know what? Throw some shots at you too for fun. Whatever. <laughs> um but uh I, really the reason why I left it with opioid crisis was because Life ain't shits and giggles at the end of the day. And a lot of, like right now, um, weed is legal in California. Weed's legal in Vegas. But there's a lot of black and brown people that got thrown under the bus. Well, some will never get out of prison because of that. And now Wall Street's investing. It costs a million dollars to get a, to get a weed license in Vegas. Amazing. Now the same people that beat us and locked us in prison forever. Our, but Wall Street, now those guys are are, are are collecting again. It's the same thing. It's, it's like it's just unfair. It's wrong. It's the American it's American the American sin that uh, white America refuses to accept. You demonize, you murder people until you get your cut. Right. And they tend to be, you know, darker than you. And and when do we, when do we, like, how do we make that right? Right. You know, at, at least own it. You know, at least say, you know what, we do. And that's what at least we're getting in America. Uh, th- there's certain, there certain cities, like in New Jersey, where they're like, no, we got to make sure, you know, urban people can own some of these dispensaries and these growth shops. Because it's crazy. Wall Street, you take our money for you to get more rich. I don't know who the fuck Madison is. Why does he get to have the building? The fuck he do for me? Right. Owns, uh, fucked my great, 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 great grandma. Fucked her, Dan, her kid. Like, like for real, like it's bullshit. Like, think about that. Think about the, the history of slavery and racism where a person, Jefferson, Fucked a slave. Then she had a kid, and then she got older. Then he fucked her too, and then she had a kid. 
And then they got nothing. Just fucked. This thing is incesting people. Washington and Jefferson. So when 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 do we get at least an apology? Mm. Like, like if we all turned around and wanted to kill just one human being, we almost should be able to get away with that. After what's been picnics, the term pick a nigga, bro. That's where it comes from. Picnic, pick a nigga. Sundays. So nobody wants to deal with that. They and then and then we're taught. And so are young white people. They're mistaught because nobody wants to own the truth of it. Right. But we have to know or or we'll really walk through here blindfolded and really get fucked off. But, yeah, we just, you know, for me, I had to do that one because, yeah, black drug addiction, we get jailed for our vices. They cry for, they, they cry for treatment when it happened to the white kids. War on drugs, an opioid crisis. Big Farm killed more Americans than ISIS. It's facts. Like, and when when do we not like? When are we going to look in that mirror and say, "Yeah, when the when the black kids did it, they were animals. They they they're savages. They're animals." And then now, like, bro, nobody's in Connecticut or you know New Hampshire. Uh, you know the Mexican guy El Chapo did not go to New Hampshire, bro. <laughs> You're making your own meth. <laughs> And that's my whole thing is like, stop blaming. And, and at least it's almost like the irony of the sin that you used to blame the black and the brown kid. And now this shit is wiping white America out. I We knew one thing meth was going to be. I knew that in 2005, I was like, this meth thing is we literally called it like, bro, there's a white people crack. Hey. I was like, bro, this shit is crazy, bro. Motherfuckers losing their teeth. This shit's crazy. And I was murdering, like, you know, uh, the, ir- the irony was how come people don't have uh, compassion unless it looks like them? Right. Well, they call it something different, right? I mean, with the mass shootings, white guy, it's mental health right. issue. Black right. guy, it's a terrorist group. Right. Essentially. Right. And so, yeah, that, that's the reason why I, I, I made that the technically the last long opioid crisis because it's just once again placing that mirror and saying what side of this are you on at the end of the day we're all losing but do you understand how hypocritical that is to say one thing is because we're uncivilized another part is you're a victim right wouldn't we all be victims or are we all bad but it's crazy that put a skin tone on it and it becomes a different perspective and and that's a sad case like in 2019 to be in America uh, and and still watching people try to blame Mexican people. <laughs> I'm like, for all oh, this, no Mexicans. Like no one's, they're not going to New Hampshire. Trust they're me. not going to New Hampshire, bro. Yeah. yeah. And then, and, 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 and the irony is just now, like, uh, I forgot what state it was. It might be New Hampshire. They just sued big farm. Finally, people are just now starting to go to jail. There's like a family. That flooded this shit. Johnson and Johnson just lost like five uh, five hundred eighty-seven billion. They lost uh, a settlement. Yeah, because you should get them. They're the guys, you know, because they're the ones that killed us. They killed the black kids. They killed the brown kids. Then you helped them kill us and put us in prison. Then you shot us when we were running, you know, whatever. And now that the white kids are getting hurt, 
Now you want to sue and make the people that should have been fucking sued in the first right. place, the real drug dealers, this dude, you know, petty drug dealers. Tell them, you know, big farmers, Friday, Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, Heron in your mainstream. You know, those, those are the things I, I just felt like, um, I, I, I have to one day, uh, you know, if I had the, you know, the platform of some of my, you know, more famous homies, I just say, I feel like I say things that um, need to be said. I, I say them really well. And one day, one way or another, uh, I didn't come here to be in second place. I feel like my pin game is is, is uh, competitive and uh, I want to be respected for being the brilliant MC I am, and that's why I work hard to make sure that I'm saying things that other MCs are either un uh, unable or unwilling or not capable of doing, and, you know, and that's my legacy, and it's, you know, my 25 years, I felt like, you know, I didn't want to do another nature to threat, but white power needed to be said, and I felt like opioid crisis right. needed to be said, and I didn't want to do another... Solo nice with Diamond D. I wanted to do Grammy speech. I wanted to do like content and concepts and you know, I did waltz. Like, you know, I feel great. You know, like I did four, four to three, four time, which is waltz and a hip hop record. Right, no, yeah. no MC yeah. ever did it that I know of, uh, historically. Um, it was great when Eric Sermon writes you, DMs you and says, fucking fire. Right. Yeah. Oh. It's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, thanks. I, I, you know, like, and, and that's, you know, that's that I want to, I want to inspire the way that I've been inspired by hip hop. And I hope one day I can get that platform so people can get inspired. Like, I think a lot of the people that they say are inspiring rappers, uh, a lot of them don't even write their own rap. So my job is I want to get my platform up so I can show like, like I said, rap Olympics every four years. Cause I'll burn down. I just feel confident. I'm like, okay. I didn't come here to be in second place. Anybody that does anything to be secondary is a moron. So I'm not here for second place. I have no animosity, but this is all competition. I came here to be first. And I, I believe I'll burn down your favorite rappers. I'll burn them. I will, because I better think that I didn't come here to be in second place. Right. With all due respect, think, if you think differently, you're going to lose. So. Yeah, exactly. I came here to kill him. Yeah, and so I think that's what we did on this record, and 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 uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad that it wasn't clickbait. It was just things that need to be said. I'm, I call myself the elephant whisperer. Like I do speak on the things that people don't want to talk about, but behind closed doors, we do mention it. I'm like fuck, tell the truth, Shane the devil. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Shock Week track is fucking fire. fire. Thank you, bro. Or as, you know, we say back in the day, fresh. Super fresh. Super fresh dope. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, dude. Raz guys, man. It's been an honor. To Thanks, man. Time. Uh, so nice, too, uh, coming out. September 6th. September 6th. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second week of schools for New York City kids. So Yes. I hope you guys support it, man. It's a really awesome album. Tim, thank, no, thank you, man. Sorry that, uh, no, no, about, you know, yesterday. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate it. Went from the revolution, 
to sit in the nosebleed. Youngsters try to insinuate you washed up, they call you OG. Nope, I'm just a homie. You in the trap, I'm the best little nigga. Wash your dirty fucking mouth, I possess little nigga. And little Pete got depressed, deceased his flesh. So I was illegal to sell a drug with a million side effects. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.